Warren said, And so, the idea that we are doing this extraordinary thing absolutely appealed to us. Appealed to me. Recognize this quotes movie? Stay tuned to find out or check out the title of this episode of Talking Pictures Trivia. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. KJ. And I'm Chris. Today, we're departing from our regularly scheduled programming to deliver you a rapid-fire format borrowed from our Talking TV Trivia subseries. We'll start with four essential trivia questions. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. This week, we will try to determine why MoviePass, the company that collected tons of data on all subscribers, picked this movie to co-release. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in 2018, we would have had to choose between Solo, a Star Wars story, in Darkness, Oceans 8, Hereditary, Superfly, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and today's movie, American Animals. KJ will be our questionnaire today. KJ, what is American Animals all about? In American Animals, we follow four college-age friends as they plan and execute a heist to steal over $12 million worth of artwork from their college library. The movie is presented not only as a dramatization, but also as the actual friends this movie is based on. They're giving interviews of what happened, and then they're showing us what happened, kind of going back and forth. And it all culminates with the actual heist, which does not go well, and we see the demise of our four protagonists. It's time for question one. Is this movie, American Animals, based on a true story? No. And this is according to the movie. Locked in. <laughs> Locked in. Locked in. All right, Tom, what do you have? I would say it's as based on a true story, and then they erase true story and say not. So it's not based on a true story, according to that text blurb. All right, Nick. It's not based on a true story. It is an actual true story. And Chris? Yeah, so I believe the, the, the title comes across, it says based on a true story, and then it sort of rearranges itself and says this is a true story. Points for everybody. Yes, according to the Even movie, Tom? Based on a true story. Yeah, even Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not based on a true story. It is a true story. And we'll see how that played into the algorithm, I wonder. It's time for question two. After Googling how to conduct a heist, how did Spencer and Warren study their heist skills? Locked in. Locked in. How to study their heist skills? Um, yeah, I guess I'll lock in. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. All right, Tom, what do you have? Uh, they, I, they, they spent a lot of time observing the patterns of people working at the library and drawing the 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 floor plan the design of the library chris 
there's there's a scene in the movie where they pan across like a stack of DVDs that they rented from some uh, video store and you see them sitting in the kitchen or the room of somebody's and they're just watching these old heist movies taking notes. Nick? I am also locked in with heist movies, watching heist movies. Points for Chris and Nick. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought really Tom like was that. gonna get the point there too, just for the heck of it. <laughs> yeah. For the library. I'm not wrong. Yeah, I guess it wasn't the first thing that they did. They just really highlighted that that they, there weren't yeah. books done how to do it, so they just watched a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's something, you know, if you were if you were that much of an amateur and you weren't serious about it, the first thing you do is go watch a bunch of <laughs> heist movies. Yeah, why not? It's time for question three. Whose job was it to order the taser? Locked in. Oh, locked in. I'm actually blanking on his name. Oh, that's okay. If you can describe him. Locked in. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it now. Sure. All right, Nick, what do you have? The supposed ringleader, um, Warren. Chris? I have Warren as well. Tom? Yeah, I had Warren as well. He can't think of everything. (laughs) No, right. Exactly. (laughs) Points for everybody. Yeah. That was Warren. It was his job. I thought that was pretty graceful, the way he handled <laughs> forgetting to do that. Going into the last question, uh, we have a tie for first with Nick and Chris at full points, six, and Tom with four. It's time for question four. Spencer used his phone number when trying to sell one of the books. What was the other mistake they made that led to their downfall? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Chris, what do you have? They had used the same email when they when they emailed the uh, the auction house. Nick? Yes, they used the same email twice. Tom? Yeah, I had the same thing. The, the email was used more than once. Points for everybody. Bonus! Which means we have a tie. Uh, Nick and Chris are tied at 10. Tom with eight. We're doing a bonus question. What's it worth, guys? It's five. We just keep going five. up. Five points. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. It's time for a bonus question. Who did Spencer see when he looked out the window on the way to the heist? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Everybody? Real Spencer. Real Spencer. Yeah, he saw himself, the real version. Mm. All right. Points for everybody. Double bonus. All right, you ready? I'm not sure because you said you were breaking rules here. So Six points. Oh, yeah. Six points here. We're... Six points, and we're breaking the rules, guys. Um, this is gonna this this probably cannot be answered with just by watching the movie. You probably needed some external knowledge. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom, not about the painter. Sorry, <laughs> not about Autobahn. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. not about the Autobahn. Okay. <laughs> Great road. Autobahn. <laughs> There's a really good craftwork uh, song about the Autobahn. Mm-hmm. It's time for a bonus question. What Donovan song do we hear when Warren goes to Holland? Give you guys a hint. They repeat the title of the song multiple times in the league. I think I'm locked in. I think so. It's such a weakness of mine. Locked in? Let me not feel defeated and think for a second. You even gave us the name of the band, right? Yes. The the artist is Donovan. Mm -hmm. Useless. The Canadian Beetle. Locked in. I'm like going to be so upset because like that's, yeah, I don't know stuff like this. All right, Nick, what do you have? He was doing a, a cover of Frank Sinatra, I Did It My Way. <laughs> Tom? 
I know the answer, but I also have the I have the web page open. Um, oh, disqualified! Yeah, I did. So I'll come. I'll tell you the answer <laughs> that I thought it was, even though I'm wrong, which is mellow yellow. Ooh, that was close though. Which, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chris, Chris it's got the alliteration. No, I, Chris. I don't. I don't know. I I was gonna say that it was the song from from Ocean's Eleven, but I. It's the wrong scene in the movie now that he's, he mentioned it. So I have absolutely no idea. Oh, so yes. I live another day. It was the Hurdy Gurdy Man. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, I actually yeah, I... did know that song. What the mm -hmm. heck? I didn't mean to cheat. I just have the... Oh, I do I remember have that. The... Hurdy Gurdy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Wikipedia open in order to talk about the movie. <laughs> so my brain just I... shut off just... when you had me like think about a, a band and a song that I wasn't familiar mm -hmm. with. But I also thought Mellow Yellow song. would be good because uh, he's Mr. Yellow, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. um, he is but... his mom's sunshine. Mm -hmm. Ah. It's time for a bonus question. Okay. Um, what is unique about the library's copy of Origin of the Species? Locked in. Locked in. No, what do you got, Nick? We'll start with you. Species was spelled incorrectly. All right, Chris, what do you have? On line 10, species was spelled incorrectly. Okay. Ooh, mm -hmm. Another bonus question answered correctly. Mm -hmm. I think we got to give it to Nick and Chris. I think we got to have some co-winners here. You, sure? you guys are the true American animals. <laughs> well, I, I have another one. Oh, we got another one. Oh, oh there it goes. Scratch that stripped victory. Our title. Mm -hmm. Here it comes. Uh, okay. There can only be one American animal. It's time for a bonus question. According to a famous naturalist, where did American animals come from? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. What do you have, Nick? Russia. KJ, what do you have? Transylvania University. Chris, what do you have? The Caves of Kentucky. Uh, up, and it's the Caves oh, of Kentucky. Oh, Is that the opening? Bearing Strait. Uh, yeah. Yes, I do remember yeah, they yeah, said yeah. Caves of Kentucky. I found mm. that I found that to be so weird when they mentioned it. I was like, what is this movie that I'm watching? Because I didn't look at any any spoilers. I didn't look at anything. In the, like, I didn't either. They talked about American animals, blah, blah, blah. And then they, like uh, the, the animals went deep into the Caves of Kentucky. It's like, what you know, What did KJ make us watch? Is this like some kind of like descent horror movie? Like, what, what is going on? And then it ended up having absolutely no bearing on the rest of the story other than they talked about the Audubon book. But Congrats. You got me in the end there. What was that? Quadruple bonus? Mm -hmm. Extra super bonus round. Yeah. yeah. That was at least four, maybe five uh, bonus <laughs> Check the videotape so you... <laughs> or audio tape. <laughs> So yeah, congrats, Chris, our winner. So now we'll be diving into the topic of the week, Movie Pass. Why this movie? Right after this break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print, because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 
1982? I, I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, we died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The troll, the troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to say the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Golem. Gollum. Say Gollum dark. You talk to Gollum. Thorin says, hurry up. And we died. And we died. So we went northeast last time. So let's go southwest. You go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh. We're wow. ending it here. That's wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's right. perfect. Limited Lexicon. Coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. So we are talking about American animals and we are talking about movie pass. And before we get too much further, I kind of want to describe movie pass for the audience of today who may not know what it is and the audience of years from now who will not believe what I'm about to say. So movie pass was a company that offered a subscription for $10 a month. They gave you a debit card. You went to the movie theater, you pulled out your phone you went on the MoviePass app, you picked the movie you wanted to watch, and they put the money on the debit card. You walked into the theater and watched the movie. So you could go to as many movies as you want for $10 a month, all on MoviePass's dime. They had no connection with the theater. They had no connection with the, the movie studios. They were just... I, I don't know how they were planning on making money, but even if you went to one movie, they were losing money that month. But aha, audience, what was MoviePass doing? They said they were collecting data similar to how Google does, similar to how Netflix does, and they were going to use this data to what? I, I don't know. But then they said, aha, we went to a film festival and we picked, I think it was two films, but they picked American Animals. All their data on all these users who have been going to the movies for $10 a month to see as much as they want all culminated up to American animals. So guys, what do you think MoviePass's algorithm looked like? How do you think they took an algorithm and turned it into, yes, that movie? What? How did this happen? How did we end up with this company, MoviePass, who was bleeding money like crazy, co-releasing American animals? I don't think that was their only end goal i I think i I agree with you that they were they were giving you the service for a cheap amount so that you would provide them with free data i don't think the data they were collecting was solely in order to figure out what the perfect movie to produce was there had to be some other things that they were looking for this feels to me as if it was a hail mary like we put all of our eggs into this basket we have all this data we've talked a big game now we have to produce we have to try something and and they 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 got to give them credit they threw the ball up as hard as they could and they let the receivers jump for it and unfortunately it didn't really land for them but i i, I have a sneaking suspicion I'm, i don't know that we'll ever know the answer to this but i i think that they might have had something else in the works for their data set than just simply making the blockbuster movie that they thought this was going to be i suppose so i would imagine i'm trying to think of what actually was imported into the algorithm as to what type of thing people are looking for 
uh, I suppose heist movies, um, movies with predominantly male characters of a certain age is probably something. Um, movies that are based on real stories, movies that qualify as edgy. Would you qualify this as edgy? <laughs> the algorithm probably did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's some way of, of qualifying something as edgy or whatnot. And also, they could probably afford it based upon the fact that this is, I think, a first-time director or a very, very novice director. So that even if uh, a Spielberg movie would be more attractive, they obviously probably couldn't afford a Spielberg movie. So you would go with something that's that's on that level. It's also odd that they also have Gotti. So then something in their algorithm must have told them we're in the era of true stories, true life stories. I, I almost imagine something like the social network was uh, a, a big influence because you could kind of see that here the social network also has this kind of presumption of edginess it's also a true story it takes place around the same time it's about this kind of collective that comes together and falls apart yeah but it didn't exist when movie pass exists right so the oh, data's okay. gotta so they come wouldn't have from... had that data okay right that's a gut other... that's a yeah that's a human yeah now that you say that, that kind of leads me a little bit further down the idea of that they were really just shooting for the fences here. I'm going to make as many sports analogies as I can. They're really swinging for the fences <laughs> with this uh, this idea of of putting out a movie in order to kind of recoup some money. That there had to be something else. Like maybe they were maybe they wanted to sell this data to movie theaters and say that these are the times where movie patrons go and these are the X, Y, and Z that they want. There there had to be something else that failed miserably. And that this was their last ditch effort. Not that it wasn't a, a maybe a planned part of their overall goal, but it seems like they they had to put all their eggs in this basket and it just didn't work out. So I had some thoughts trying to figure out how this algorithm selected this film. Because just like we said before, there's a certain dynamic here of edginess, energy, youth, right? Like there's a whole bunch of things. And I kind of put a hypothesis out there that who was the people that were attracted to MoviePass? The only people that I know who knew anything about MoviePass happened to be a younger demographic. Now, I'm not saying that people of different demographics didn't participate, but I didn't know of any of them. Okay. In fact, I wasn't even involved. I should have been. KJ talked about it like ad infinitum of how awesome movie pass was. And I said, that sounds like it can't exist. And eventually it did not But I wonder if their own algorithm was biased by the population who was using the service. Think about it at this time. Yes. Smartphones did exist, but you had to go on an app and you had to get a card and there was like things you had to do. There's still people today who don't know how to use the calculator on their phone. Okay. You know, that is something that you had to be, interested in and at least somewhat i hate to use the word tech savvy because you don't have to be tech you just need to know how to use your phone to its fullest so i wonder if that bias the data set right from the get-go because i could see if you were targeting a college personality what are they interested oh that's cool they're gonna do a heist and i, I can relate to these people and they're having a good time and, and couldn't i see myself breaking from reality to try to get this crazy experience I think there might be something there with the the population of users 
for MoviePass tying to that. I still think there's subjectivity here. Like I don't still understand how computer algorithm decides a subjective pick on a movie. Right, exactly. Did they play the movie for the algorithm? Yeah, like that's the part. (laughs) Eventually, I still feel like a MoviePass guy went with a gut decision or or collective of movie pass, you know, guys and gals or management, whatever we want to say here. I'm including everybody, okay? The people who made decisions said, hey, our data says this. And yeah, yeah, this movie looks like it hits those points. This movie felt to me a lot like a mix between Superbad and Ocean's Eleven. Like the- the, Definitely, the I could see that. Ind- individuals trying to come up, like a coming of age story with, you know, male protagonists, two predominantly male protagonists and their kind of, crew around them that we finally pick up halfway through the film along with a heist and then sprinkle in a little a little true crime into it as you're uh, as you're finishing the dish and, and see what comes out that's what that's what it kind of felt like to me as i was watching it i mean it's also just kind of gets to the point of like i we can't have a shared experience by calculation because i spent a lot of time trying to find the algorithm or trying to find inputs like i went through a lot of news sources and i could find nothing about what was actually put into this so I could I, you could get demographics right like trends maybe I, yeah i could see like movies that have heists tend to make x number of dollars over their budget right like you could do that um people who are most likely to buy movie pass like you were saying nick are are whatever 20 I think to there's 30. an implicit bias in yeah. the data, probably. Yeah, and I, I imagine smart data scientists know how to deal with that, right? If you're spending millions of dollars. Yes, movie pass, smart data scientists. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it's I, I also imagine too, it's one of these things of like we can only afford X number of dollars. So Oh, they were going for a big multiple. I, exactly. They were trying to get something cheap mm-hmm. that would catch on and make a ton of money. Yeah. I, it's just it's I don't know man you, I thought this was painful I thought this is just like an incredibly ugly movie too um, though Ann Dowd who played the librarian is a graduate of my alma mater so well <laughs> do any of you watch The Handmaid's Tale or have watched it no god no she plays a very different character there Aunt Lydia is tough I was almost imagining in uh, while I was watching the movie that this was before Gilead and she was this mild-mannered librarian and then she becomes this like tough like really stern woman in the new world this could be her backstory Mm. she was tased once and she'll never be tased again Mm -hmm. if anyone's doing the tasing it's gonna be her (laughs) Uh, yeah god I and it's also like it's a movie about these kind of ugly people and it's also very very anxiety provoking like you're just waiting for them to fall apart and and but i think that's on purpose yeah i know but it, it's so hard to deal with that with people you don't like or who are or evan peters who's an actor i, I kind of find deeply annoying <laughs> um but it's this guy it seemed like the real guy was more actually intriguing and charismatic than the actor they picked to play him. <laughs> that, right? that may be true that mm-hmm. may be true yeah I do think it's tough to watch kids making poor decisions and like not being able to tell them not to do it or, mm-hmm. or like see, seeing like, especially, especially uh, Spencer who seems to come from like a, a pretty well-adjusted family. Like we don't get all of his backstory 
but you see him he is he he's having dinner with his parents his parents aren't divorced like like he doesn't really have a i don't want to say he doesn't have a reason to, to to do something bad but like for all intents and purposes it looks like he's living the american high school college slash dream if you will uh like why is he gonna why is he going out on a limb to do these bad things is it does he really feel like he needs to suffer in order to become an artist like that's that's that was, what i was gonna say he needed yeah. that to experience life so it but it's one, of the, it's, one of those, it's one of those it's one of those dumb things that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was a high school kid or a college kid and heard that and then like this was his solution to to solving that problem it's it's really hard to watch a young person make such poor decisions when they don't really have to, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I'm not being as eloquent as I'd like to be, but no, that that makes sense. It is. It definitely, special. it definitely gave me pause. Like, why are you doing this? You stupid moron. Yeah. And you get the impression he's being taken, taken along by Evan Peters, character. Who's I, I found kind of, deeply unlikable and kind of silly did any of you think as you're watching it like i didn't know anything of the story i didn't know any of the any of the true crime of it all did any of you think that the way that they had shot the individuals made it look like was it was warren right made it look like warren was in prison yeah mm-hmm. like what well, yeah, that was yeah. intentional that was intentional to make him look like that right to make him look like the kooky one that's still like yeah in prison like i Sure. Yeah, he wouldn't be wearing plaid though. But otherwise, yeah. No, yeah, but I mean, like the wall he was behind was very like blue Stark. cinder block. Yeah, it made me. It made me feel like, oh, this guy is still in prison, and these other people are like, he's in his workshop, and he's sitting in his living room, obviously, and this one is in front of a gym locker. Like that's like it. They made a conscious decision to make you think that he was like the ringleader, and that he was still in prison. Mm-hmm. And the algorithm picked up on that. <laughs> It it dives into a deeper question of the imagination, right? Of what what is kind of the human imagination? I, I'm, I have a quote here from John Ruskin about that, about sort of the difference between the calculation and the imagination, which I could I could give you or not. I, I would love to hear the quote. Can you set the stage for who John Ruskin is for our audience? Rus- yeah, yeah he, who's John Ruskin? He was a 19th century critic, art critic, and and theorist. Um, criticized uh, a lot of heists yeah well he, he wrote poetry but he wrote as well but he wrote this um there was a time when the sight of a steep hill covered in pines cutting against the sky would have touched me with emotion inexpressible which in the endeavor to communicate in its truth and intensity i must have sought for all kinds of far-off wild and dreamy images i can look at such a slope with coolness and observe of fact I see it slopes at 20 or 25 degrees. I know the pines are spruce fir, penis nigra of such and such an age, and that the rocks are slate of such and such a formation. The soil thus and thus, the day is fine, the sky is blue. All this I can at once communicate in so many words, and this is all which necessarily is seen. But it is not all the truth. There is something else to be seen there, which I cannot see, but in a certain condition of mind nor can I make anyone else see, but by putting him into that condition and my endeavor in description would be not to detail the facts of the scene, but by any means whatsoever to put my hearer's mind into the same ferment as my mind. Well, just like John Hines, I want to congratulate Christopher's mind. Ruskin, Ruskin. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just like John Ruskin, I want to congratulate Chris's mind for being our winner this week. Congratulations, Chris, taking it down in a bazillion bonus time. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
you must compete with John Ruskin's quote now. <laughs> yeah, I, can well, we get a quote? Well, the only, I kind of wanted to, if, I, if before we wrap up, I wanted to kind of talk about this. Like, I, I found this movie. I, I think I dug a little deeper in the movie to find good meaning in it. It really felt to me like this was. I, I mentioned the coming of age part, but this is. They, like these kids were doing this just to kind of feel alive almost they they didn't want to hurt anybody i don't think any one of the four of them had any desire to hurt anybody they were just doing it to see if they could do it it's like such a very teenager like early 20s kind of mentality and like most of us have the wherewithal to say you know what this is going to be a bad idea i'm not going to do it this this movie just shows kids who did this who actually went went and, and did something that they they shouldn't have and although i although i i wasn't looking at a mountain and some pine trees and and stuff like that i did i did think that there was a little bit of poignantness to it in the the way that they told it where they they all didn't see it the same way and that's because they were just kind of in the moment like they weren't cataloging it they weren't being overly serious about it they were they were just in the moment trying to kind of feel something i think i figured out why they picked this movie because it's a parallel to movie pass in itself they just wanted to feel something they just wanted to do it i don't care how much the movies cost we're gonna give you the money and we're gonna collect data more data and we're gonna buy movies that are like us and i'm pretty sure they lost way more than 12 million dollars yeah Oh yes, but I think I saw something that they were losing like forty-five million a month or something. Yeah. Maybe the owners of Movie Pass were trying to figure out heist ways to recoup some of their money, and they were doing this as like a a proof of concept. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's just the the problem of like calculating a shared experience, right? It's like ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous thing to attempt to do. And so you get this. I think it'd be more interesting if they incorporated AI and there was an AI who watched the films based on their algorithm. And I mean, that's one. not as far-fetched as you think oh, today, yeah. maybe. There's a, <laughs> there's a bunch of little AI movies. Um, there's even like AI Batman, if you want to get a Batman comic written, in, written by AI. Um, but yeah, Chris, I mean, I guess to your point, Ah, uh, I, uh, and I think that this is something to, to the problem with the movie is this, this idea of, uh, like trying to feel alive, but actually not doing anything transcendent, right? They just hurt people. That seems to be their, their whole point. Uh, but they're also incredibly uninteresting people. You're, uh, an athlete. We don't know what sport he plays even. He's just the real person or the person portraying the real person? I, which also was weird. The, do, <laughs> the docudrama aspect of it didn't make any, didn't add anything, right? That was my biggest challenge yeah. with this film is that they tried a lot of techniques and instead of like brainstorming which one should we use to follow through a movie, they just did them all. It, it seems to have to do something with like the, the transience of memory. Like did that man wear a scarf or not? Like what color was the scarf? Says, well, who gives a who cares? Like we, we wore a scarf or not? Like, did Spencer really go to Holland? Well, it didn't really what matter. What did KJ? What was it called when we were talking about this the other day? The narrator, the, oh, uh, the unreliable, unreliable narrator. narrator. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they really leaned into that one. They did, but what did it add? Nothing. It did. Yeah, there nothing. was. There's nothing. <laughs> the idea. But the was, algorithm, Tom. The algorithm. Yeah, I I know. It, it was fun. They tried a few different things. Yeah. There was the upside down scene in the beginning. That Ugh. was 
obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They just tried all these different down. things instead of following something through. They just did it all. Mm, yeah. Ah, this none of it worked. <laughs> the computer screen, right? Like uh, mm. you could see through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So through this computer screen, I'd like to once again congratulate Chris, our winner of again. And when I say once again, I mean once again. Congratulations, Chris. Thank hey. you very much, guys. It's always a pleasure to be on. <laughs> He's only saying that because he won in quadruple bonus time. Mm-hmm. You can find more of our content wherever you listen to podcasts on our YouTube channel, Twitter at Talking Studios, and our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com. We're extremely grateful to all those who subscribe, like, follow, and leave a review. Did you watch any films from Movie Pass Ventures? Which ones? And how'd you like them? Let us know on Twitter, TalkingPicturesTrivia at gmail.com, or give us a call at 201-467-8679. You can find me on Twitter at ThomasLayman15. You can find me on Twitter at KJ1000 and very rarely streaming over at Twitch at the Retro Game Clubhouse. Come check it out. We're, um, we just recently did a Zelda video. Um, we might be doing some more. Uh, so come check us out on Twitch at Retro Game Clubhouse. If you'd like to get a hold of me, feel free to reach out to the boys at Talking Studios on Twitter. I can also be found on Twitter at The Nicknamed. Join us next time when we discuss A Christmas Carol from 1984. Stay tuned for our first impressions of this film. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing A Christmas Carol from 1984. Tom, how was your watch? My watch was good. I will say this is one of my favorite stories of all time. I love this book. I've read it a number of times. I would say I think my favorite still is the 1951 Alistair Sim version uh, directed by Brian Desmond Hurst. This doesn't necessarily compare to that, I don't think. I don't think it's as enjoyable. My measure for what a great Christmas carol is, is how Scrooge wakes up in the morning after the spirits have visited. And Sims's interpretation of that is um, hilarious, but but grounded and uh, really, really rich. Um, I appreciated George Scott. I, I think he is working in a more maybe realistic milieu than than sim or or past uh past scrooges have which is a, a a fine thing to try but it doesn't have quite the same magic for me so that's that's kind of my my feeling here i kind of appreciate the realism of it but it doesn't have that um it doesn't have that necessarily that quality of rebirth that i look for in other christmas carol films dad how was your first watch uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. I kept expecting Josie Scott to slap a private and pull out his pearl handled pistol. <laughs> Different <laughs> film? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have much of an English accent. Uh, you know, of course, mine was also my first uh, Christmas Carol when I was a kid, and it was only maybe about five or six years old the film when I first saw it, because I saw it at about seven or eight years old. And uh, I enjoyed it. That was always that will always be the uh, quintessential uh, Christmas Carol. Uh, the part where he wakes up in the morning always remind it reminds me of the like, Bernie Sanders won the presidential election. <laughs> what, <laughs> what day is it? 
<laughs> but this one was good. It, it was enjoyable. I have like a whole, um, I've watched almost every one they've ever made. You know, it's kind of a hobby of mine and it runs all through Christmas uh, season. I listen to them and watch them over and over again. Uh, but I thought it was decent. You know, it was, uh, it was. I don't think as good as uh, uh, Sims, but it wasn't as bad as Henry Winkler. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's up a notch from him. Oh, and KJ, how did you, how was your watch? So this was my first watch of the 84 one. Um, I've seen Scrooge. I grew up watching the Mickey's Christmas Carol. I think I've seen the Muppets one with um, Michael Caine. Um, I would have enjoyed this movie better if it was a little colder out when I watched it. Maybe with some hot chocolate, a warm blanket type milieu. Is that was that right there, Tom? Is that... <laughs> no. Is that... no. I don't think so. <laughs> milieu marshmallows. A warm blanket milieu. Yeah, you know. Like when you wake up in the morning. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up in the morning and you need a milieu to get you through. <laughs> How about you, Nick? How was your watch? This movie actually means a lot to me in the fact that I brought a TV movie to to the show which is i think probably a first right i don't know if we've ever had any well that's not true oh, we had a german on tv a yeah we had a german a tv wire. the clone wars i take it back uh, oh yes i guess technically uh, that was a oh. tv episode oh but... yeah we do that every year actually don't we do yeah that that's what i think about it. it's, it's actually pretty but, common but it's specifically like... as one movie right so just like alex was saying when he grew up uh, had a certain movie that was his experience this was the a christmas carol for me so we had the old vhs that my dad had taped off of the tv in 1984 when this came out and every year we'd pull this out pop it in there and not only do i distinctly remember every scene of this film i also remember the commercials in between so the ibm compatible computers or actually it was an ibm computer excuse me not compatible it was an ibm computer and it was a Charlie Chaplin lookalike campaign. So oh, in between yeah. every scene, you would have this Charlie Chaplin doing his penguin dance selling IBM computers. So it, it, it distinctly, uh, I, I have a distinct memory of that in my brain. And it was kind of weird seeing it without those commercials. <laughs> uh, the other thing I noticed was, I think my dad must have missed the beginning of the movie because there's a scene where there's uh, Fred, I think, is doing like an overlay of like when Marley passed away and there's a, a, a carriage. I never yeah. saw that. It jumped right into the title with the music all my life. So I finally got to see the full movie. <laughs> but yeah, I still really enjoy this. The reason I brought this one to our attention, I don't have as rich of a knowledge of all the other ones like Alex does or, or Tom or KJ with his animated versions. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was pretty good for like a TV movie. And I thought I thought Scrooge was really compelling. I liked his dialogue in this. I just I, I really did enjoy the performance. But we'll save the rest of that for our episode next week. A Christmas Carol is available on Amazon's Prime Video at the time of this recording. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready for some questions? I have no recall. So we'll see how this goes. I ran these by Rachel and she gave edits and I didn't. <laughs> Take that either. <laughs> oh, great. 